Sonic Statesman.com. So, uh, hello and welcome to Sonic Talk podcast number 25, which uh, we're recording today, Wednesday, the 6th of December, going to be going live on the 7th of December, um, well and truly into the Christmas period. Um, actually, I went to see my daughter's nativity play this morning. She was a donkey. Uh, it, was very, it was very touching. Very touching. Um, but it does feel like really proper Christmas kind of run up. Anyway, um, we're today um, I've located the studio over to uh, Richard Evans's place. Uh, we're up in his attic, his, his rather swanky attic studio, where he's at the moment looking at, uh, at uh, Pro Tools 7.3. Is that right, Richard? That's right. And, uh, and Dave, I believe you're not where you normally are either. Uh, no, no, I'm in, um, I'm in a little room in um, Carl Hyde's house. Ah, underworld <laughs> connection. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's say uh, hello to everybody. Um, we've got a, a bumper crop of guests this week. Uh, I'm like I say, I'm at Richard Evans Studio. Um, so there's myself and Richard Evans in the same room. How how you doing, Richard? I'm doing quite well, thanks, Nick. Jolly good. Uh, in Berlin, we've got uh, Non Eric, or previously known as Hans Jörg Baldin. Uh, he's his handle is as Non Eric. He's the uh, Curator, proprietor of uh, digitalmusician.net. We talked about that last week and also does a number of his own podcasts at musotalk.de. Hello. And we've got John Musgrave once again with us. How are you doing, John? Good afternoon. Jolly good. And uh, Mark Tinley, how are you? Hello. Very well, thanks. Right, so six participants. I think it's got to be a record for us. So uh, welcome, everybody. Well, I, actually, I would like to point out at this stage, I may be sounding a bit more kind of fulsome and radio this week because... Uh, Beringer sent me a, a podcasting kit, which comprised of a little mixing desk and a pair of headphones and a and one of their Firewire interfaces. Um, but more importantly, it's the C1 um, large diaphragm microphone, which is what I'm using, and uh, I, I'm loving it. I'm feeling much more important with this large mic in front of me. And <laughs> I can, I'm looking. I'm looking across the room at Richard, who's got his lowly SM57 Shaw, and I feel very important. I think you'll agree. I do look quite grand. You look beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, that's my Behringer plug over with. SonicState.com It's been a busy week. I think, Nick, I just posted you uh, the press release from Melodyne. They've got the uh, VSTAU plug-in version up, out, or coming out soon. Yes, we did see that, um, and I think everybody seems to be quite excited by this. I actually, I downloaded it yesterday, bizarrely, and then Nick sent me the email saying about it, so I'd, I'd already been checking it out. I haven't. What, is it actual a plugin rather than the Melodyne Bridge thing? Then it actually sits yes. and works as a plugin. Ooh. I never got Melodyne Bridge to work. Did anybody else man- manage to get that uh, yeah, to work not, well? I got it to work. No. Really? Yeah. I, I couldn't get it working reliably. I mean, it would work sort of randomly. Yeah, that's that's what it was for me. How does it actually work? Does it have to analyse it or something? It does have to analyse everything that it goes in, and it ha- and it works mostly on uh, monophonic material. Uh, but it does it very quickly these days. Since the last version, uh, you don't actually have to do anything. You just import a piece of audio, and it analyses it as it comes in. So I loaded the plugin yesterday, and I I pulled up something that I sang particularly out of tune. And I, um, when I opened the plug-in window, there was a little button that said transfer. And I'm, I have to say, I didn't read any manual, so I just opened this window, clicked the transfer button, and pressed play on the sequencer, and it arrived in the Melodyne plug-in window. And then I highlighted the bit that was out of tune and clicked on correct pitch. And the next thing I knew, I sounded like I'd sung it properly. So I was quite quite amazed. It didn't have that horrible plastic kind of weird side effect that auto-tune's got that just that annoys the hell out of me and 
don't know, just, I, you know, I can hear that sound on everything, so. That raises one question. So the, the plugin basically still is not doing it in real time. You're sort of loading data into the plugin and then transferring it back, or how does it work? Um, once you've loaded the data into the plugin, you can then manipulate in real time. That's the reason I've never used it before, because I've never taken wanted to take the audio out of context and not sort of understand you know, what it's doing, you can't sort of tell what you're doing to it without the music, can you? So you can actually play your sequencer and have the audio in the sequencer and play it back and then manipulate things in real time. So you wow, have to put cool. it into the plugin and then when it's done the detection, you can then manipulate it in real time. Dave, you're, um, you're also, you, you said, um, I was speaking to you earlier and you said that you kind of now got every flavour of uh, Melodyne. Yep. Um... You know how we talked about NAM shows and how, you know, after a while they begin to suck your soul and eventually what happens is people start looking for the kind of next thing or the buzz of the show. Well, when Melodyne came out, it really was the buzz of the show. There's this professor. He looks like the kind of trippy professor off the fast show. Yeah, or um, one of the Freak Brothers. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely brilliant. And when he was demoing this, it was I heard it on a monophonic um, trumpet line, and immediately I was hooked. And I've got a feeling it was it was something like six hundred quid. Mm. And even yesterday, so I've done all the updates and blah blah blah. And when it got to yesterday with the plugin coming out, I downloaded the demo, and I you know normally I could kind of email them and do a product exchange or at least get a trade price, but I wanted it absolutely now, now, now. So I paid full retail for this immediately, and I haven't stopped playing with it since. Well, wow. what's the price? I think it's uh, three hundred quid or three hundred yeah, euros. No, three hundred euros. Two hundred ninety-nine euros. So if oh, you own it already, that doesn't matter. You just have to. Pay. No, they they do um, upgrades. There's an upgrade yeah. from three, I think, which is one ninety-nine, yeah. and they also do cross grades from Auto Tune and um, Pitch and Time and stuff like that. On the pricing yeah. front, I was just going to say one thing. I did notice was that the um, if you own the full version three, you can get a free upgrade to the plugin at the moment. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. If you're in the full studio package. Well, um, I, I mean, I, I suppose I, I, I'm at a loss here because I'm, I'm actually the only person who's never used it. Um, but from what I can well, tell, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a cracking, it's a cracking bit of software. Essentially, it lets you... It's kind of like gives you a MIDI grid, note grid editor of the pitch, essentially. It, uh, so if you take a monophonic signal, say a vocal or whatever, it gives you a kind of grid representation of it with overlays for the way that the trends of the pitch like whether there's tail off or whatever and the formants and them and the fundamentals of it and you can just move it around and there's some really good demos on the website for those who who uh, want to kind of clarify what it does and it really does kind of make it very obvious um and um this plugin kind of does bring it into uh, a much wider realm i would think i mean does anyone know i could i was because i emailed a friend who was actually working on a lot of editing and tweaking at the moment and he said great but i can't see whether it's universal binary anywhere does anyone know yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is universal binary. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. I'll I'll email him back and let him know because I suspect his his uh, I see him on iChat a lot and his uh, his um, his kind of little comment about what he's doing just says looping, editing, and moving, and it has done for days. So I suspect he's into a sort of fairly heavy heavy editing session, and maybe this would help him out. Uh, the one thing that is great about Melodyne, if you've got like a pure, pure female voice, which is one thing they show in the video. You can just change the melody that it's singing, and it's it's at, like like Mark says, it is actually quite natural. So um, it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. Let's have a closer look. Each blob represents a specific note, 
and you can easily read its pitch by looking at the tone ruler on the left-hand side of the Melodyne interface. The size of the blob corresponds to volume, which is easy to see and easy to change. The thin line on the surface of the blob shows the pitch contour of the sound as it blends from one note to another. You can grab your audio notes and simply move their pitch or timing. You can stretch the note and change its volume. Whatever you do, you do it musically, not technically. Whether you tweak things just a bit or create a completely new part. Melodyne edits sound natural. As if the recording was perfectly in tune from the start. And it is so easy to achieve this result, as you'll see in the following videos. Well, cool. There's a little clip there from the uh, the, the Melodyne video that just gives you an illustration of what uh, it's capable of. I thoroughly recommend that you go to the site and you check out the videos, because if you've never been exposed to the Melodyne way of working, uh, like I haven't, it's very, very clear as to what you can do. And the thing that always used to be in the way of me kind of bothering was it wasn't integrated into any of my sequences or whatever. So I think I might be checking that out. Um, so this now, because it's a plugin, is going to make things a lot easier, I feel. I've always wanted a smaller organ, um, which was the, the, the title of this news item. And uh, it's, a, it's a great site um, that basically just is a, a showcase for what looks like a lot of them sort of just toy instruments, but kind of interesting organ-based um, electronic musical toys. Anybody got any of them? Yes. I can't believe it. This is the first I've ever seen of this. And I've even I've done web searches on Waddington's Computer Tune, which has actually got an audio out, so you can take it out. We used to do the odd, the odd, odd being the operative word gig with these things. Um, take it out. And we're, by the time you plugged it into a PA, it sounds immense. So, yeah, I was really happy to see this site. Uh, unsurprisingly, the URL is miniorgan.com. Um, so easy to find, but I'm surprised that I'd never seen it before. Mark, you found it. How come you came across this one? Um, bizarrely, I was looking for icons to change my desktop because I put a new picture on there for the autumn, you know, and I was and I came across these wonderful icons on one of the Mac OS X sites, and he said that he'd used this site for the um, pictures that he turned into the icons. So um, completely unrelated find, really. It's run by a chap called Eric from Germany. Um, who... Don Eric. No. Oh, no, it's not you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I used to uh, own the Casio VL1. You remember that one? Yeah, yes. I had one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trio, and da, da, da. Like yes. on da, 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 they used the, 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 the first rhythm, I think, the first preset rhythm through the, the whole track. And what I liked about the site was when you click on the um, audio, you get a picture of eight little synthesizers come up and you can click on them and they all play but you can layer them all on top of each other so you, oh, so you can get sound you can listen to what they're uh, what they are there's a recent vimeo and um uh, will from golf rap um bought up a, a bunch of things and one of the things he did get was a bg's rhythm machine which is also listed <laughs> here and uh, it's a funky little thing and it, it's uh, it's got an output and it's tunable and uh, at the site, it's 1978 for those who are interested. And the site says it's much better to, better than the Sean Cassidy electric organ, <laughs> and great for musical experiments. So um, obviously, you know, I, I think it's 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 just a really good resource for musical toys. I mean, presumably some of these are actually quite useful. The, I, I don't know if uh, anybody else has got John. Have you do you own any of these uh, prodigious organs? I, I don't. I'm afraid. I did. I was quite interested by the number of Casio things on there, though. They seem to have the the most most keyboards on there by a long way. I uh, do have a CZ101, but it doesn't quite kind of no, fit into that scale. It's not it's really a, a toy thing, is it? It was, not, it not, was, no. 
um, Richard, did you see anything that took your fancy? Uh, the Remco sound effects machine. Mostly, because oh, yeah. yes. they're very specific that looks about... amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. But why? They're quite specific about what sounds it makes. It says it varies from masturbating aliens to flying <laughs> trains. And how did he arrive at that? That's not what it actually says on the front panel, is it? <laughs> oh, there's a masturbating alien button. <laughs> Perhaps not one for the kids, eh? Dave, anything else on there that took your fancy? Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to find it. What's that thing where you can actually make your own records? Did you see that one? Oh, yeah. On page one, the voice corder by Tomy. Play your own, play and record your own dub plates with this little beautiful machine. Yes, believe it or not, this machine can really cut records. I cannot believe myself. Sound 10, design 10, coolness 10. Now, that that's, does look that's good. That's really cool, yeah. Because, I mean, there's a lot of the, a lot of these kids' toys, I mean, because, like, filmmakers uh, were after... The, I can't remember the, the make of it, but there was a, one of... The, it was like a pixelated camera that was very, very low quality... And a lot of people kind of, you know, they, they were exchanging hands for enormous amounts of money because of the quality of the, uh, the it's image. It's Fisher-Price. Fisher-Price, Fisher yeah. Fisher-Price camera, yeah. So this voice cord, where do you get, can you still get the acetates for this thing? Because that would be just fantastic. Cut your own discs. If you're a DJ, could do your tunes on that. I'm not sure what the sound quality would be like, but it'd be a bit of a laugh, wouldn't it? Well, we're going to have to check the um, eBay for these things. I think the prices are going to be going up on these soon because um, they, they're very desirable toys. And uh, we thanks to, to Eric from Germany putting this site together definitely can i do my weekly line sex demo now oh well if you must (laughs) goodness Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh-huh. I can't picture too many small children sitting on your knee in the grotto. You sound like that. But thanks very much. What was that you were, demo- what was that you were demonstrating again, Mark? Line uh, 6 UX2. Oh, excellent. Well, bank thing or whatever it's called. I've forgotten what it's called. Uh, actually, uh, here at Sonic State, we have uh, quite a large advertising campaign from, from Line 6. So if anyone feels that, like clicking on any of the banners, feel free. It was one of those lovely moments in the studio where the part just suddenly clicked and everyone was dancing around. Sonic State. So you can hear there how the two parts don't conflict. There are a huge number of samples on that record. We double-tracked the drums, so there was a second drum track on there. The beginnings of affordable digital recording. Sonic State. If what you're writing is just explaining some kind of, like, facet of the software, then it's like the piece of music that's been written is more explaining the machine than it is, like, your personality. I know this is not we not 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 what we normally cover, but um, we've we've now got a little bit more kind of music uh, gossip and in, info. We do some fun items on the Sonic State News, and I happen to be trawling. Uh, I think it's TMZ.com, and I found this this uh, ridiculous video of Britney Spears arriving at a nightclub. It was hired oh, in LA. Did yeah. anyone see that? Yeah, no, because you know my girlfriend's always going. My girlfriend's always going. Oh God, it's such an easy life. That sort of thing. You know, they don't have to work hard for a living, and you just kind of see this. They're just going out for a drink and. And she can't even park her car because the road is just full of sort of slathering journalists. It's it's quite amazing. Anyone ever been uh, exposed to that sort of thing? I mean, either firsthand or travelling with people who get that sort of attention? Duran Duran get that kind of attention in Italy, bizarrely. Nowhere else, just Italy. And they get off the plane and it's like being with the bloody Beatles. You get rows of people lined up sort of waiting for them to come off, so... 
It's sort of like that, but I really feel for her because she must have a terrible life to have to deal with that. Yeah. And, and uh, what about you, Dave? You've, you've toured with a bit of talent. Have you, um, have you ever experienced that kind of thing? Uh, not quite that bad, but um, I'm, I did a Debbie Harry tour years ago and uh, she got, <laughs> like, the press were having a field day kind of going, you know, flabby Harry and whatnot. And we were on, uh, we were on a plane sitting in first class and these paparazzi guys kept coming through and sort of snapping these pictures. And it was great because British Airways actually gave us um, full license to punch these people. So we stood either side, me and this other guy stood either side of the curtains. And as soon as this pap guy came through, we just punched him right in the head. Wow. You couldn't get away with that now. And now that is a story. I protected Debbie Harry's honour. When I was a kid, you know, she was the subject of many of my dreams. Nice. <laughs> I did a track with um, Warren and Nick, which was intended for her to sing, and went to see her in... Um, Oh, there's a jazz kind of uh, club in Camden, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. She was singing there. She's got the most amazing voice. I mean, apart from all that pop stuff, I mean, she really, really can sing. She's, you know. I was in a gym once and Britney Spears was on the running machine in front of me and nobody was bothering her and she had a lovely bottom. Just thought I'd like to tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a studio in uh, in London um, working on some, some mix or other and... Uh, the word went out that Britney was in one of the studios. It was Metropolis, I think, and she was in one of the other ones. And I, I kept going into the toilet and kind of trying to think of excuses to go out and sort of see if I might be able to bump into her in the corridor. But I never did. But my girlfriend was very impressed that I was actually in the same building as her. John, you, I mean, you've worked in a lot of big studios and still do probably. I mean, you must have... Um, do, do you ever get sort of sieged? I th- to be honest, they're usually pretty quiet, studio. Unless the, unless the message goes out on a fan site, you sit, then you get loads of fans hanging around. If uh, boy, the latest boy band have turned up. But on the whole, most of these studios are pretty hidden away. Well, you used to get, I mean, because at Real World, which is not too far from here, I mean, Richard, you worked there for a long time, I mean, there'd be kind of occasionally there'd be some poor bedraggled person sort of standing in a lay-by. There's not been that many. I remember the once there was a young Japanese girl who hit herself over the head with a rock until somebody <laughs> would go out and talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's dedication. Had a good well, one some Oh, my God. Well, I mean, you can imagine, you know, people who love John Anderson's lyrics are pretty strange at the best of times. It was like, oh, man, you know, my kids were conceived to hard at the sunrise with this sort of thousand-yard stare, and you're just thinking, oh, bloody hell, get me out of here. Well, anyway, I mean, I hope Brittany manages to get herself a pint of milk one day, you know, because, I mean, her cupboards must be incredibly bare if she can't even go out shopping. All right, well, uh, thanks very much, Dave, for joining us. I know you've, uh, you've got a, a busy schedule, so thanks for giving us so much of your time anyway, and um, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. See you, guys. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. My motorbike. Oh. Thank you, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not massively sure I can continue with this because we're upstairs in the studio and he's going to um, annihilate everything, probably. probably That's so. all right, well... So from a record attendance where they're dropping like flies, Mark, uh, Mark unfortunately has to leave us because his son East has just woken up. You may have heard him in the background just said. So uh, thanks again for joining us. We'll speak to you next week, I hope, Mark. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, hang on. That was awful, wasn't it? I've got to do that again. Maybe you'd like to get East to do it for you. East, do you want to say bye-bye? Bye-bye. <laughs> and with that... SonicState.com more, more Firewire interfaces from Elisis. Now, um... I know, you know, they're not terribly exciting and they do seem to be coming along more and more. But, I mean, one good, the one good thing is that uh, obviously USB 2.0 is being uh, 
leapfrogged finally. I know there's uh, there are some out there that uh, are, you know will work, but for mul- certainly for multi-channel high resolution, I think FireWire is hard to beat. And these new um, FireWire interfaces, the FireWire IOs uh, from Alesis, I use the reason I'm, I'm I'm featuring them is because they use this new Dice Two chip, which has an awful lot of other interesting capabilities, such as submixing and you know can handle multiple channels and work on a network, etc. Um, anybody have any thoughts on on this? I mean, has anyone used any of the Alesis audio interfaces? No. No. Okay. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I definitely agree. It's definitely going in the direction of FireWire. But um, I sadly see a little uh, dismiss of the good old PCI um, uh, solution, which I, I think it's still superior in terms of latencies, even even today. Well, that's very yeah. true. I mean, the only unfortunate thing about PCI is there's so many different flavors, PCIe, PCIx, that you can kind of get um, rather... Uh, you know, sort of left high and dry if you, if the platform updates. We did an interview with a guy called Stephen Saffer, but he's the guy who kind of evangelizes the, the it's a TC-based technology chip, um, and they use those. And what they've got is a certain amount of ASIC and onboard DSP that means that they guarantee you a certain number of IOs. So it's completely independent of your computer. So you can, it, it's not, it doesn't borrow any of the CPU to just to give you the IO part. Because obviously most of the FireWire chips are, you know, up to now have been limited to 18 I/O um, on a, on a FireWire interface. So the, the the sort of new generation, certainly the Dice Two, can give you an awful lot more than that. Yeah, but what happens on the what happens on the other side is also important because I found that some of the uh, laptop uh, FireWire chips used are not compatible with all interfaces. So one of mm. my Fireboxes wouldn't work with the Sony Vario. And stuff like that. It happens, you know. Oh, I see. So I know I hadn't thought of that. So the, the, the originating FireWire chipset needs to be compatible also. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because the FireWire thing, they, they originally sold to us as a kind of, this is really kind of, you, know, you can use anything, any FireWire interface is the same as the next one, which it isn't, clearly. I'm agreeing with what non-Eric's saying there about, about the fact that, in fact, PCI is probably still a better system to use if you're not looking at a portable option. Um, I just recently uh, bought a Metric Hilo um, Firewire interface. Oh, really? And that and that's featuring a, what they call the Mio or Mio uh, DSP console inside there. And I've I've been totally uh, blown away by the quality of the uh, summing, the mixing. So mm. I do all the mixing now. I'm routing. I'm lo- I'm using it a bit like you would uh, with an analog. Uh, summing device, I just um, put uh, buses out to the Mio um, digital DSP console within the audio interface, and then I do all the mixing and panning within the console, and it sounds incredibly. I've, I haven't heard anything like that before, and I'm also using the, um, it's also available for this for the TDM system, this channel strip from Matrix Halo. Yeah, I've seen that. I'm, That's supposed to be I'm using that as a DSP version within the uh, DSP of the uh, interface, and it's really, really so what, really are you bouncing amazing. internally or are you taking it out just so you're summing to stereo analog? I'm, I'm summing to, well, I'm, I'm, I'm using logic and I'm routing uh, it to external outputs, to the outputs to the audio interface. Yeah. And then I mix inside the audio interface to stereo one and two. Okay. And then I actually use SpectroFo to record it because when I recorded the output of the uh, interface to logic, it didn't sound as good as if I would record it um, in in the spectrophone, or you could, 
or you could even record it within the uh, Mayo DSP console because they've got a rec uh, built-in recording function. Oh, so you can actually, yeah, it's a really, really interesting machine. Well, the, and, the Metric uh, Halo, I mean, they've been used for a long time on the location film because they, they, can they be bus-powered? Is that right? Yes, they are. John, you, how, how do you find, I mean, are you kind of exposed to firmware interfaces? Any kind of preferences? I have a Digio too, so I'm kind of in that sort of world as well. Um, I think what's interesting to me about the general this newer wave of firewire interfaces is how they're incorporating much better um, mixing within the actual unit, so their own software. So you can set up a headphone mix and that kind of yeah. stuff within the unit, and that specifically with these Alesis units, with them being desktop design as well. It Keeps all it all in the box. Of course, yeah. there's the uh, Focusrite Sapphire Pro, which we've we've just uh, had a had a review on. Sean Rod did us a, a, a studio review of that. And that um, that sounded really good, and that's got kind of in inbuilt mixing capabilities mm. as well for monitoring. Um, I, I mean, there's I a see these Elysis ones have got Cirrus converters in, which are pretty pretty good. In fact, I've just recently had a um, um, you know the Alpha channel from SSL. You seen the Alpha channel from SSL? Yes, mm -hmm. I've seen the Alpha channel from SSL. The uh, converters on that are Cirrus, I think. Um, I was just going to ask you, Richard, because um, yeah. you've got. A Pro Tools system, and uh, I know there's a Motu eight nine six as well. I mean, is there? Do you kind of do you hear much of a qualitative difference between the just the straight analog outs? Uh, yeah, I do, and, I, and I've spent a lot of time uh, fiddling around between the two systems, and and in the end, I really tried hard to break away from Pro Tools uh, because of the latency issues, and and because I didn't think that the summing used to be very good. Um, but now I think they've got it right, and I think the summing sounds fantastic. And I'm not one of these people that really uh, worries too much about this analog summing thing. I, I really think uh, DigiDesign have got it right now. And most people that I've talked talk to, a lot of f fancy mastering engineers really seem to think that DigiDesign have finally got it right. Uh, and, and I tried sticking with Logic and using the Motu, but, but in the end I got sick of having to... Yeah balance um, processing power against latency and just went back to, to Pro Tools and just don't have to think about it, think about it anymore. Um, was there a change in, in the summing uh, in, in, in the versions, in the Pro Tools versions? Did it, did, it got, did it get better? It got a lot better. It changed when they moved from being the mix system to the HD system. And I think they went from, 16, from a 16-bit engine to a 24-bit engine or something. And I always suspect that uh, they just aren't admitting that they ever had it wrong. Because as soon as we went to the HD system, the summing suddenly sounded fantastic. Mm, okay. uh, and, and I just don't think they'll admit to the fact that, they, that it was so bad for such a long mm. time. Because I remember I did a mix in my old uh, mix system, um, compared it to my Mackie analog mix, and it just was really, really bad at the time. And so I, I gave up on trying to do a mix within... Uh, the Pro Tools then, but that was a mixed plus system. Well, I, I talked at length. To, I did an album. I produced an album, and Bob Ludwig was the mastering engineer, and, and we talked quite a lot about it. And he took a long time to be convinced, but now he really thinks that uh, DigiDesign have got the summing right, and it sounds as good as any of the analog summing, summing systems. And actually, all that, uh, that he thinks all that the analog summing is doing is adding noise and distortion that you don't necessarily <laughs> want. 
Now, funny that we should mention this because uh, in this uh, month's issue of the Keys magazine here in Germany, they have a, a comparison between different summing units. I think this is on the website or, or on the... No, it's on their CD-ROM. They have uh, six or seven mixes, sums, summing mixes that they did with various of their units. And uh, the Pro Tools mix isn't, isn't one of the better ones, but... I think uh, I agree. It's a lot about taste too. It just adds color. There's a nice color, mm, colorful sound. Thing. Yeah. Whenever I listen back to st when I used to mix on Mackies and SSLs and things, the sound is the analog sound is great compared to mixing a computer, and it is a qualitative difference rather than a you know it's, it's something you can tell there's a difference there. But whether you get that using just an analog mixing, an analog uh, bus, just to mix your computer outputs, I'm not sure. Well, there's so many variables, aren't there? I suppose it's kind of uh, hard to be, you know, to mm. narrow it down. But I mean, of, of course, the converters and the and the algorithms are going to make a difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an ongoing process, I guess. But uh, anyway, you, those new Alesis uh, fire interfaces are available, and if you want to try out Dice Two technology, then do. This is definitely being my top five most important keyboards of all time. Single most influential keyboard ever designed, obviously after the piano. Great for bass lines and leads and that sort of thing. It's, it's a pretty cool synth. The top 20 greatest synths of all time. Coming soon from Sonic State. That was that was a trailer for our Top 20 Synths programme. Um, we're currently canvassing for votes on that. We've now set up a page where you can vote on your favourite synths, and you can find that at sonicstate.com forward slash top 20. That's top as in the word and 20 as in two zero. So if you fancy popping in there and putting your suggestions in, in place for our, our forthcoming IPTV series uh, about Top 20 Synths, then please go ahead. <laughs> So Zoom sales, um, the figures um, say that they're actually a bit slow, and I suppose um, there's no surprise there, given um, the, the, the panning it seems to have got from uh, pretty much across the board. Are we surprised? No, I'm more surprised than that it's, if it would have been a unit from any other company, nobody would even talk about it any longer. Well, I, I did hear a, an interesting argument that uh, Microsoft has never really been about innovation. You know, they wait for a market develop and then the, to develop and then they'll just jump in. And so they'll be perfectly happy just to kind of slowly grab a larger and larger market share of it. So, yeah. I mean, maybe that's the strategy that they're doing with this. It just seems... In that story, it said that they got 8% of the market over a week or was it over two weeks? I suppose that's not compared bad, to is a, it? Compared to 60-something for iPod. Actually, 8% in just a week is, is, is pretty good going. I think yeah. maybe more of a concern is the fact that they're, they're saying it's not supported by the by Vista. That's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Their, their new hardware is not supported by its own software. Well, as is, you know, their their own uh, WMA um, DRM doesn't work on Zoom either. Mm. So the whole kind of thing just seems to be a, an incredibly weird mismatch. So I think uh, it's a tough call, though, because iPod comes in so many different flavours, doesn't it? Sizes and... You know... Yeah, Zoom is Zoom. Zoom is one unit in lots of different colours. We think Windows has lost its mojo since um, Bill's gone to do a lot of work for charity. And I just wonder whether they've kind of lost lost impetus. Well, I just wonder why they're bothering with entertainment right now, because they seem to have business tied up. So why do they why do they care about all this media stuff? Well, it's a huge market. Because they've seen Apple do it, that's why. Yeah, and also, I mean, business. they say business is sewn up, and it sort of is, but the trend is kind of moving in 
in the fla- in in sort of into Linux really for for some of the the hardcore applications. So they're obviously just if they're all their market shares are sort of slipping slightly, then they're going to want to be expanding elsewhere. Mm. It's that whole home entertainment system lifestyle type thing that Apple have that saved Apple's bacon effectively, isn't it? In the last few years, the concept of selling you these interrelated items that all work together. Yeah, I think that's that's very true. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't suppose I'll be getting... Well, I certainly won't be getting a Zoom for Christmas in this country because I don't think it comes out for another year or two. So, um, But when we go to uh, NAM uh, next year, um, next January, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll bump into one or two people who might have one and there'll probably be uh, groups of people crowded around them at uh, busy restaurant tables going, oh, you've got a Zoom, let me have a look. And hopefully coming away thinking, hmm, that was great, or uh, as opposed to what's all the fuss about. Who knows? There's quite a funny thing in the paper about people going to New York to do their Christmas shopping and how the customs and excise people have decided to crack down on bringing back suitcases full of clobber. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, because the dollar's very weak at the moment, or the pound's very strong, whichever way you look at it. It's uh, it's around about the two but two dollars for one pound mark, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they were saying that a lot of people don't realise they're only allowed to bring £135 worth of stuff into the country. Last time it was kind of this price, uh, I came back with, I bought some Lexicon effects and uh, uh, a Panasonic DAP machine uh, back into the country. And I remember I covered the Lexicon effects. For some reason, I thought this would help. I don't know why. I got some soap and I sort of scored it all over the units to make them look old and used. uh, Used in what respect? Well, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea what on earth I was thinking, but um, and I was terribly nervous about bringing them back in, and and in the end it didn't matter because it just came sailing through anyway. So you're admitting it's illegal activity. You get the cut-off point. I think I'm outside the actual cut-off point uh, for being prosecuted. But yes, I did. I hold my hands up. I did it. And uh, I suppose there's going to be a lot of English journalists... um, over at Nam this year, who are kind of thinking to extend their stay for a, a, a day's shopping, perhaps. Yeah, I remember bringing back some gear from the states and sending my dog dirty laundry via FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds really decadent. Did that yes. get held up in customs? The sniffer dog will never thank you. <laughs> sniffer tax. Because I, 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 I wanted to take the nice uh, units. I think I bought some compressors or something. And um, uh, I didn't. I was in excess uh, luggage, so I had to decide whether to take the uh, the units on the plane or the dirty laundry. And I decided the do- dirty laundry was for, was for FedEx. Uh, okay, that's a hell of a lot of dirty laundry. Was it wet as well? No, no. I don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Well, anyway, my lexicon units and I were were together for quite some time, but now um, I sold them, and I think um, I don't have any outboard effects anymore. You don't need them anymore. No, I haven't got them. I, actually, I know I really aren't. They. It was the old uh, LXP one and LXP five, the pair of mm. them. Oh, the great, little ones. Great units they were. Great units. Yeah. Had a sort. Of, so where okay. have all the rack units gone to die? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> question because somebody must be collecting them all. Hello, Mark. Mm. Oh, yeah, I haven't been on because the baby's making loads of noise, but I've I've got all the effects units in my bedroom. Oh, have you? You've been collecting them I've been all? buying them off eBay. I've got a rack full of um, weird equipment that I, I... My benchmark is I don't spend more than £50, and I just keep an eye out on eBay for anything that I think is interesting. So I've got a Yamaha R1000, which I paid £10 for, a Zoom... 90-10, you know, the rack mm. the first oh, they one were they good. made. Yeah, they were good, because they had a tap tempo, I paid £50 they? for that. Um, a Powertrain MTS-1, 
um, an SPX90D. I think I actually paid £70 for that. Oh, you are robbed. And so I started collecting all these weird things. So I haven't really got that many at all, have I? Do you use them, though? What do you mean, do I use them? No, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I suppose if you've got the the space for them, then fair enough. There's a Lexicon LXP1 on German eBay, 40 euro. 40 euros? That's a great deal. Yeah. They they were nice-sounding units. Um, Well, I think we're going to try and do a wrap, then, um, if we can. Unless anybody's got anything else that they want to want to cover, um, I think we can safely say that's a wrap. And thank you very much, everybody, to um, to coming along this week. Thanks to John Musgrave. Cheers. And uh, non-Eric, formerly known as Hans Boyden. Bye-bye. And, no, not Mark, because Mark's gone. But uh, And uh, Richard Evans, who's been kind enough to be host for today's recording thank you very much see you next time bye <laughs> okay and uh, that's it thanks a lot guys and uh, we've got a few emails this week uh, uh we got an email from derek warren who's a, a, a regular listener to sonic state um, in fact he did call us and leave a message on the answer phone uh, a few weeks back commenting on the uh, open source issue that we talked to a couple of issues back uh, and he was sort of saying that um, even back in uh, Sonic Talk episode 11, we mentioned the alternative operating system that uh, included Pong running, running on the Akai MPC. Uh, even if that project came to fruition without the help of the source codes, it might have saved an awful lot of reverse engineering and debugging had they had Akai's source to begin with, which is very true. And the other example he uses, was, uh, it would be another good reason to have it, is... Uh, the Waldorf Microwave XTK. There's a long-standing bug in the XTK that prevents aftertouch working properly. Um, and having the source code for something like Microwave would mean that it would be possible with the somebody with the appropriate experience to step in and fix that. Um, and obviously, you know, while uh, Waldorf are, are, are lying low, then uh, when they come back, they could have, could have had that sorted out. But yes, he does have a, a, a good point. And then he goes on to say, and he can't wait for this week's show. And uh, well, I hope you enjoy it anyway. Uh, we've also got another email from um, a chap called Dextrous. He says, like Mark Tinley, I'm also a person who doesn't have much physical space to work in when making music, so I'm happy that some of these emulations appear. Although he does say that he's more of a mid-90s hip-hop sort of chap. He's more interested in the emulation of vinyl and sample analogue recording gear, which is why he loves the Camel Fat plugin. Um, Pro Tools is not the only um, DAW that allows everything on one page. Mackie Traction, he says, and he loves it. And he says, the MIDI needs some work, but it's a wonderful sort of slinging around audio, plus with the use of the racks, you get reason-style features as well. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks for those comments, Dextrous. And uh, like we say, you know, if anyone's got any other comments, just contact us. I'll be giving you the details in a moment. Okay, thanks thanks to everybody once again for joining us this week. And remember, you know, we do appreciate your feedback. So if you want to call us, uh, we've got a Skype handle of Sonic Talk. Or um, we've got a couple of numbers now. We've got a US number, which is uh, 312-376-8089. I've also got a UK number, which is plus 44 for the UK, 0207-870-8616. That's if you're outside the UK. And if you're inside the UK, 0207-870-8616. Or there's always good old email, which is sonictalk at sonicstate.com. Sonic. State. What's called?